Welcome back to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you by GeekLegacy.com. Justin and I are here to talk about this week's most important and exciting stories in the realm of video games. Justin, how are we doing today? I am fabulous, Stephen. Thank you. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, for those of you that care about watching the foosball on your television set. So hopefully this will be a nice little palate cleanser before that game happens. Uh, Justin, you had mentioned it before we even started recording the show, but yes, I really don't have much interest in this game. I'm still going to watch it, but I really don't have any interest on who wins. Yeah, that's uh, that's a shame when that happens. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those situations where I'm hoping for a meteor to arrive or something. Right. I mean, I, I don't I don't have a horse in this race. So as long as it's a good game and it's close, then I'll be excited. Yeah, hopefully we get some cool uh, commercial reveals during the game. The halftime show should be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to watch the weekend perform. So totally yeah. digging that. It is interesting how they started showing commercials before Super Bowl. We are in an era where we get teasers for commercials. Right. I have seen at least half a dozen teaser commercials for an actual commercial. It's going to air today. So what a time to be alive. <laughs> I know it probably is a way to save money too, because it costs a fortune to run a commercial during the Super Bowl. So maybe it's just another way to, to get more exposure for more time. Yeah. And less money. That's a, that's a very good point. Also kind of curious too, because like there's some streaming services like MLB TV, NHL TV, you know, I'm a big sports fan. So I have a lot of these different services where I can watch as much as I can. But in those particular programs, if you're watching teams that are out of your market, they block off all the commercials. So like for NHL games, my wife and I are usually watching two, three, four a night. They'll play the game and then, all right, we're going to cut to a commercial break. And then you just get an image that says we're on commercial break for four minutes. We don't actually see the commercial. So I wonder if you're watching the Super Bowl through any type of weird stream service, if that also is the case, because that would be really unfortunate. Yeah, I know because we use like YouTube TV uh, and we get some commercials, but not all of them. But there are plenty of pop culture sites out there that show you everything that you missed. (laughs) I can't believe that I'm going online to watch commercials, which is absurd, but whatever. This is the way the world works. But as far as like the geo blocking goes for the, the game services that you use, um, it it makes sense. I mean, at what point does a, a car dealership commercial in, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina have any use for you? You know what I mean? So it's kind of cool how that works. Yeah. Uh, so this is a sports ball podcast now <laughs> since we're right. starting the first four minutes talking about football. But it's also a perfect segue into our first story because there might be a small, small slice of you that enjoy this in that EA Sports is rebooting its college football video game series NCAA football for the first time since 2013. Uh, the game will make its way onto the current gen consoles. We have no idea if it's going to do past that we are just getting some basic information here uh this is the first time like i said we have seen a college football video game since 2013 mostly due in part to the unauthorized use of players likeness and profiteering which led to a lawsuit from former ncaa athletes for up to 60 million dollars all of this is because if you don't know how the north american college system works essentially College athletes are prohibited from earning any type of compensation for the use of their names, image and likeness. So an easy perspective is when you buy a baseball jersey or a football jersey of your favorite player, that player receives some form of compensation 
for that. College players don't get any of it. And that's mostly because, again, if a college player receives any type of compensation, they are then considered a professional athlete. It's a really weird way to break it down. Uh, A press release also came out detailing some more information about this, which confirmed that there would be no player's likeness and usage in this next NCAA game. So if you're hoping to use your favorite college athletes or, you know, buddy up with some of your fellow teammates, you're just going to have a bunch of no name Joes in this game. Kind of <laughs> John weird. Smith from back East, <laughs> John Smith, one, two, three, four, <laughs> essentially. Uh, we also received a quote from executive vice president and general manager for the American football products at EA Sports, Cam Weber. Quote, we've heard from the millions of passionate fans requesting the return of college football video games. We love the energy, tradition, and pageantry of college football, and I am beyond thrilled to say we are back in development. We have a lot of really exciting work ahead of us and a great team that is eager to bring a new game to players in the next couple of years. End quote. So a couple of things that make this somewhat interesting. One, They basically just decided, let's not pay the players. Let's forget all that stuff and move past it. Okay, I guess that's one way to work. That's not on EA, though. That's on the the rules of the NCAA. Correct. That is how the rules are set up. They just decided to not. There were some talks about them trying to work out some type of agreements and arrangement, Um, because I know like one of the most popular arguments against paying the college athletes is there's always the consensus. Number one draft pick in every college football class. It doesn't make sense for that person to be making four five, six million dollars a season because they're the most profitable care person character, whatever versus the backup punter that no one knows or cares about. So they're trying to figure out how they can even it out amongst everybody. Um, I also was reading that back when NCAA was doing this game way back when uh, even the top schools were only receiving about $60,000 per game as part of like a shared likeness agreement. And that's just for not for the players, but for the team themselves for using the logos and all that other stuff. Right. That, that might fall under like the collegiate licensing company. mm -hmm. Cause like, that's how you, whether you're selling sweatshirts or mugs or whatever, you know, you have to file an application to even use the logos or school names. And specifically, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And specifically it mentioned 60 to $70,000 for a big 10, School. So think of the biggest colleges you can imagine receiving that much money. Uh, now think of the smallest college you can think of not receiving, what, 20 bucks because no one wants to borrow their logo. Yeah. The, you know, know, the the Greendale human peoples or whatever right. they were called <laughs> in community. So anyway, good news for people that want to play a college football game. Uh, one thing that's also kind of interesting is. The older college football games were fun because you got to create your own player, run them through four years of college, simulate a whole basically a whole career. And you were able to import that character into your next uh, Madden NFL game. They didn't necessarily mention if that was going to continue in this case. I imagine you'll still be able to do be a pro mode and, you know, update rosters, this and that. But we are giving you the information as we receive it. Cool. I wonder if they'll even have include names, player names. It should just be numbers. Like, you know, number 34 receives the catch or whatever, you know, because like it just gets dumb if they got to come up with names, thousands of fake names. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually like the older Madden games I can remember. They had historical teams and that's something they still do to this day. So 
different teams from different decades that they just threw in there as part of like, oh, see if you can beat, you know, the 1964 Bears. That was considered the best defense of all time, whatever the case was. And I remember back then they only had the numbers. They never gave a player a name. And I think that just had to do with the, you know, the players association being different times. Maybe some of those players don't have representation anymore. So that would be really weird to have just a dude in an announcer's booth. Number 19 passes to number 34 touchdown. Number 34. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, I'll sign up for that job. Sure. Easy peasy. Yeah. You don't need no professional just to read off numbers. Did you, were you a fan of the NCAA games? Did you buy, what was the last one that you bought? (laughs) I think I only played like NCAA 97, 96. I've only ever played one because I never really had much care or use for collegiate football games. Um, The college I went to doesn't have a football team because we're a division two school. So that's part of it as well. But I know a lot of fans that are stoked by this. Yeah, People that went to real colleges. Fancy stuff. (laughs) Not me. What about you? No, I don't care. I mean, the college that I went to didn't even have a football team. We had a baseball team. <laughs> so, I mean, I play college baseball, but I wouldn't really get into college football games. And that's another interesting tidbit because we used to, at one point, had college baseball, college basketball, college football. I mean, we had college video games um, all over the place. At least those were the three main ones. I I can imagine this being the only thing that we see for a while, only because football is so much more profitable. Um, Arguably basketball might be up there as well, but I wonder if this is kind of a segue into seeing NCAA basketball, NCAA baseball games, make a return as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And also if there's going to be no player likeness on it, what's your, what's your uh, cover athlete going to be? I know, right? Just a giant football. (laughs) (laughs) Just a giant money sign. Yeah, something like that. It'll just be shrouded in darkness. It'll just be like a a stadium with lights on, like Friday Night Lights. Some like really dramatic lighting on a player where you can only see the whites of their eyes and that's it. Right. (laughs) And like a nondescript blue jersey. Sure. There you go. Hit up Shutterstock.com and find football pictures. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Royalty free, baby. There you go. There we do. Oh, well, anyway, I mean, I'm excited. I, I know people are fans, you know, they like their Notre Dames or their SCs and what have you. So it'll be fun for them. Maybe we should start a campaign where we encourage people to take photos of themselves doing the Al Bundy pose and submit that to EA as the cover. Right. <laughs> That'll work. Or Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> back in 82. Can throw this ball over them there mountains. <laughs> Now we're talking. I'll take two. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what can you do? Uh, I suppose you could buy a Google Stadia, but (laughs) I was going to say, we know one console this won't be on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not entirely accurate. So Google is shutting down its internal game development studios and Stadia GM and Vice President Phil Harrison announced the closure of Stadia Games and Entertainment on Monday on his Stadia blog. And 
It says here, creating the best in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially. Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia, as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SGNE, and beyond any other near-term uh, excuse me, beyond any near-term planned game. So whatever they're finishing up, they'll go ahead and, and, and tackle. But uh, aside from that, it is over and done with. Now, according to a report from Kotaku, the decision to shut down its internal studios will impact approximately 150 developers. And according to Phil Harrison, most of the SG&E team will be moving on to new roles. We're committed to working with this talented team to find new roles and support them. And uh, obviously that did not take long. Google Stadia launched in November of 2019. And we are now at the time of this podcast on February 7th. So there you have it. Boy, if you took the under on this uh, bet, you're raking in some money now. Right. I mean, it is. they obviously have something working pretty well with cloud-based gaming. And so the building blocks are there. They are just no longer going to invest their own money, but rather, you know, fuel the potential of any platform or of, of their platform by using other people's money to support the games on their platform. So that works. And honestly, that should have been their that should have been their motto from the start. Uh, when this was announced, I think you and I both kind of looked at each other and thought, why do we need this right now? The The technology and the application was really interesting. Being able just to pick up the controller, play it on my TV and go pause, move to another TV and literally resume my game right then and there. So that feature is really neat. But we didn't need Google to develop their own games. We just needed them to, like you said, get other people's shit on right. it. And that's really all it was. I think the big draw for a lot of people is exclusives, though, right? So Always, they wanted yeah. to have, you know, they wanted to have their Mario Brothers or their Halo or their Last of Us. And I mean, it takes a long time to get to that point and you can't just have lightning in a bottle. I mean, I suppose you could, but the odds are definitely stacked against you. And I'll say this. Um, I'm hoping that the controller goes on sale at some point so I can pick one up and use it for just tablet and some phone based games, maybe even just connect it to my PC and use it as an extra controller that way. Mm -hmm. But I never once looked at this and thought I need to get a stadia again, the application and the way it works and the, functionality of it was amazing and i definitely think there's something there for even some of the other consoles to pick up on but i just never thought in once in a million years do i need to pick this up for whatever particular reason right i think it was like 139 dollars when it launched but i don't remember anymore it's been a while uh 99 at best buy you can get the controller and a chromecast sure which isn't a bad deal well, I mean, the Chromecast you? itself is worth it. Yeah. But I think you can get those for like 20 bucks now anywhere. Else. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like next to the gum at the checkout line. Yep. God, technology just moves so fast. Terminators, dude. Man. Yeah. Literally just over a year that this thing came and went. How crazy. Yeah. But that was also the thing, too, is there was there have been a lot of times where and. We even kind of joked about it last week, how Lego Star Wars is literally coming out for every game console except the Stadia. Like that was the one that was purposely omitted from. And I don't know if you wanted this to be something that everyone was using. I feel like more of an effort should have been put to get 
more of these third party titles right. on the device itself. So they definitely tried to get way more customers because in April of 2020, Google reduced the buy-in cost of Stadia, making it free for anyone with a Gmail address, <laughs> as well as offering two free months of Stadia Pro, which included access to nine games at the time. Nine times for all you Ferris Bueller fans out there. Nine times. <laughs> so there you have it. My goodness. But, uh, you know, we when Cyberpunk was going through its rocky launch there were reports that it was most stable on (laughs) (laughs) of all things i know they're doing something right they just need more people to play it it's great to have a really cool party but if no one knows about it then who really gives a shit yeah the main feature and for anyone that's paying attention to this at home i don't know why you were at this point but the featured games that you can play on the stadia and it is a subscription based service. So $10 a month and you can stream all this stuff without any additional cost. Well, it's trying to be something like a game pass, but didn't quite have the weight behind it. Uh, Cyberpunk immortals, Phoenix rising destiny, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and outcasters are the major titles that you can play on it. Outside of that, you're looking at kind of a lot of more minor titles here and there. Uh, Hitman, is one of or hitman is a bigger title uh human fall flats a lot of people enjoy that nonsense hotline miami PUBG. oh i love hotline is on it so there are some fun titles on it but it's just it wasn't enough you can from what i understand you can play the entire assassin's creed franchise on it as well um or at least the newer games but yeah and that's you know you brought up an interesting point because some of the games that you mentioned of those nine titles were ubisoft games and they are always like the one of the first developers to just put their their product on a new platform whether it be the wii u or stadia they or even dance dance for the wii or whatever like they're (laughs) they're always supportive of multiple platforms and you know you got to take your hat off to that kind of uh, commitment that they have for various mm-hmm. platforms and businesses. That's a big deal. And, you know, Ubisoft has their own little uh, store where you can pay $15 a month for their premium service. And there's upwards of a hundred games and it's a, uh, it's a lot of action, but again, now you're paying $15. And if you're already doing PlayStation plus and Xbox game pass ultimate, uh, you have your Hulu's, your HBO's, your, your stars, your Disney pluses, you, uh, you're spending a lot of money on on services <laughs> and things you don't even own. <laughs> Something to consider. As someone that has, you know, I have my hand in a lot of pies, I suppose. I'm literally naming off all the services that I use. <laughs> so it's, it adds up pretty quickly at the end of the day. Yeah, my wife and I have really been dreading, hoping and preparing all at the same time for when television goes to a on-demand service only so instead of paying for live tv for 60 dollars a month you're paying four or five dollars a month per channel or per network that you want uh, you know disney plus is a good example they have all that stuff on there uh we also got the discovery plus because she's got a lot of her cooking shows home network stuff so there's a huge network of things on there it's definitely going to get to that point for television and it's only a matter of time before video games i think fully adopt that as well Uh, Game Pass is a prime example. We always talk about it. Um, Even things like EA Play, Ubisoft's version, all those kind of rolling into one. So, again, what Stadia had was interesting. But if you 
paired Stadia's technology with Game Pass, then you've got something, you got a million dollar idea there, buddy. Yeah, I like money. <laughs> You're like money too. Wow, we should hang out more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is too much. Too much, too much, too much. You know, I am toying with the idea of getting the like the MLB pass this year. I am I am committed to being all in on baseball, especially with the show gonna be on Xbox. <laughs> so I'm just like, fuck, I really want to just I want to overdose on baseball this season. I'm really looking forward to it. I'll tell you what, I'll put it right here. If I am able to get the free MLB service because of T-Mobile, if they do that again this year, I will share my login with you. <gasps> oh my gosh, you're too kind. I will be I will be a pal for you. I like it. Save you the hundred what is it? 150, 160? Yeah. And then it always drops down price at like the mid-season. <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> Man. Although what is really stupid right now is if you live on the West, so Justin and I based in Southern California, uh, Fox Sports and Fox Sports Prime Ticket were normally be how I would watch my local sports teams. Uh, those are pulled off of every network except I think AT&T Uverse, and I don't want to pay double of what I'm paying right now for live TV just to have AT&T. Uh, so if you are a local sports fan, actually of anywhere that has any type of Fox Sports West on like Hulu, YouTube, stuff like that, they are, as I kind of mentioned, supposed to roll out with some type of on-demand service where you pay X dollars a month for your local sports teams and you can just watch them on their own streaming service. So it's amazing that I might have this free MLB TV and I won't be able to watch my local team even though they're not on TV anywhere. Right. Got but then I know Dodgers fans will kind of complain about themselves because they also haven't been able to watch their local team for years because of this whole Comcast deal and it's all a mess it is so stupid <laughs> you should be able to put bunny ears on a on a microwave and watch whatever baseball <laughs> game you want if, it lives, foil right around if, you live 10, if you live 10 minutes away from the stadium God. it should just be available that was one of the cool things about uh, Fox Sports West is that they always had the Ducks games on, right? Even though it was like, yeah, you, you watch the game, you come home, and then you can watch it on TV because it was like delayed by a couple hours or they would replay it like the day later or whatever. You're like, all right, this is when they won. It was cool. <laughs> Can't tell you how many times, like in middle school, because I lived half a mile away from school, walk home, be three o'clock. Cool. The Angels game from last night that I couldn't watch is on replay, so I can watch it again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so stupid it's like sports center they do it every hour on the hour even though it's the same replay oh i know it's ridiculous oh well what can you do a lot of sports talk on this show how about that all right uh well next story has nothing to do with sports but it has something to do with mass effect and i am very excited for this the legendary edition will officially be coming to playstation 4 xbox one and pc on may 14th uh, it will receive some free upgrades for the current gen consoles. So your Xbox One X and PlayStation 5s will receive a nice little update to go with those. Uh, just a couple of updates as far as the remaster project. The game is obviously going to feature 4K support as well as HDR, improved textures, models, lightings, faster load times, as well as altered interfaces. So Mass Effect 1 and 2 uh, will mostly be recipients of these updates. They will receive control schemes and HUDs that will match more so what was in Mass Effect 3 in order to have a more consistent 
um, experience amongst all three games. You will also be able to have a more in-depth character creator tool, which again, will stick through all three games. So you can really feel like you're playing as the same commander Shepard. I did like that the facelift that EA and Bioware gave commander, the female version of commander Shepard and mass effect three is now the default commander Shepard for all games. So I hate that weird plain Jane look they gave her in the first two games. I right. got something that looks more humanoid. Uh, Mass Effect one has arguably the biggest change in all of this. In the original game, certain characters were tied to certain weapons and classes, meaning depending on what class you chose, you'd only be able to use a pistol and shotgun or sniper rifle and heavy weapon. Uh, all weapons are unlocked for all characters, regardless of class or who they might be. AI boss encounters more balanced. The stupid Mako apparently is going to be easier, but we'll see how that goes. And uh, probably my favorite part is that the elevators will feature a skip ability in the first game. So no more five minute load screens of just characters bantering back and forth and waiting for nothing right. to happen. <laughs> I noticed that you're a skipper. Like we were playing Ghost Recon. <laughs> Break I was just trying to play the game. I just wanted to go with <laughs> it. Just like skip, skip, skip. Look at Hopscotch over here. <laughs> the other part of it too is because the game for me um, with Game Pass, it's a six-hour trial. And I was like, I don't want to spend four hours in a cutscene learning all this stuff. Just point me in the direction uh, okay. to kill something. But because you own the game, that my trial was paused. So thanks for saving me. Yeah, six yeah. hours. We had fun. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. I actually think I'm going to go buy that game and just keep playing it because I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, Two things that will not be in the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the multiplayer mode from ME3, as developers state, it would require a significant amount of time and work to bring to the modern audiences properly, which I feel like it's kind of a weird cop out, but you know what? They know better than I do. Yeah, you don't want us to work, do you? I mean, it was just a horde mode, like <laughs> Gears of War or anything else. But hey, you do you. Sure. And then the Pinnacle Station DLC, which was from Mass Effect 1. Uh, it will not be featured in this due to the original source code being lost and corrupt. So again, you've been working on this for some time. You have all the new models and stuff. I feel like all you had to do was just do it again. But Again, you all know better than I do. I'm yeah, not going to complain know? because <laughs> <laughs> the hell do we know about game development? Right. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and on top of that, the Pinnacle Station DLC doesn't really add a whole lot to the game. I mean, it's only like an hour's worth and it's forgettable, but I'm one of those people where I need to play every single thing. I need to uncheck every single lore box, every objective. I want my Commander Shepard to be the very best like no one ever was. Sure. That's so there's fair. that. Yeah, I thought so. Well, now it should deny you of a platinum because you can't do Pinnacle <laughs> Station. <laughs> There'll be one achievement tied to that and you can't, no one can unlock it. <laughs> that would be great. That would be the ultimate troll move to do. I would love that. That'd be fantastic, actually. I, w- I would support that. <laughs> as, 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 a, as a bronze trophy enthusiast, I would appreciate that. <laughs> fun stuff oh. yeah well i'm excited and you got your awesome like not collector's edition thing coming your way with a cool helmet and and a neat box <laughs> and, and a steel case i think i forget what else it comes with maybe a lithograph or something i forget yeah let's talk about that so also to go with this for 150 dollars or 149.99 usd you can get the mass effect Le- legendary cash 
which or cache, I guess, depending on how you want to cash. I say cash too, but a lot of people say cache and I feel like it's fancy. I say cache in reference to the retail store, but anytime I'm referring to a stockpile of things, <laughs> just, cash. <laughs> just cash. So this legendary cash comes with a one-to-one scale replica helmet, which includes uh, flashing lights and all kinds of stuff. I will definitely be wearing that when I play this game. And thanks to Rob at Digifluid, I will be wearing it without pants and taking photos just for him exclusively. Key art metal case, which looks pretty badass as well. I do love me some steelbook cases. An N7 acceptance letter, a canvas art print, and a morality spinner pin. All of this for $149.99. And if you noticed and paid attention, I mentioned I did not mention that this would include the game. Batteries sold separately. Right. So what do you think the end game is? And what do you think? Actually, I know what the answer is because the answer is money. But why do you think there's a decision to release something like this and not include a game? Well, I don't, th- I don't think it's EA that's selling it, I think is why. But see, I, this. Go ahead. I mean, I, I mean, the website is gear.bioware.com. Correct. So they're giving you the tools that you need to be successful with your game, that being the helmet and the steelbook case. So I think if it were EA that were making the um, the collector's edition, then you probably would have a game. But I think because it's a third party, it's looked at differently. But on the plus side, it, since you did order in the first week, you are getting free shipping, which is awesome. Which is nice. And again, you make a very good point. You got two different developers working on this. So one selling the car, the other one selling the engine if you want to look at it that way. But I, I don't know. I, we feel, I feel like we see these every so often and it always just kind of infuriates me that if I'm going to pay $150 for all this stuff, including a case to go with my game, you couldn't just slap the disc in there and call it a charge me an extra 60 bucks and make it at even 200 and say, right. give me the game too. <laughs> like, cause you know, that's important because it is a $60 game. It's yeah. not one of those reboots or remakes that's at a, at a discounted price. It is a it is a sixty dollar game, but you are getting three games and almost all the DLC. So the value is definitely there, uh, and it's a retool. It's not like it's just like a upres type of thing, right? So, um, I at the end of the day, you're paying because it was what like one sixty three and change with sales tax. Mm-hmm. So two hundred and over two hundred and twenty dollars is what you're ultimately going to be paying for this collector's just but at the same time it's one of your all-time favorite franchises and i know you're really looking forward to it and if this is something that you do once every five years or a decade then you don't have a whole lot to complain about but i do see the argument for you you know 150 dollars it should come with a game but i do know that all the collector's editions lately that include a helmet of some kind whether it be the fallout one or the doom one uh, they tend to be a little bit more pricier. It is a one-to-one scale, like wearable. It is helmet. a wearable helmet, yeah. Yeah, and it's got the light-up features and stuff. So, I mean, it's not... I mean, it's super mega nerdy, but at the same time, I would argue that there is value to this. It's not like it's a a replica that's, you know, a third of the scale of, a, of an actual helmet, so... I need somebody to timestamp this particular episode and play it back for me when this ships to my house, because I guarantee you all my complaints are going to go out the window. As soon as I put that stupid helmet on, I fully understand and accept and realize that's going to be the case. It's just, I, 
I always get irked out. And again, I can't complain because I put my money towards it. So it's a huge contradiction, but I always get irked out when I'm spending $150, $200 on collectible goodies and additional stuff. But then I'm also having to pay separately for the game. It's always been a situation. Right. No, I get it, man. And like I said, if there was some way Bioware and EA can just, I don't know, talk and say, hey, for an extra 50 bucks, you know, mark it up. Even $200, include the game. This thing would sell like crazy. Sure. Well, they've proven that they don't have to include the game. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm standing on the soapbox telling people don't do this thing that I am doing visibly for everyone. I sure. realize I have no ground to stand on. It's so funny. I think uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 might have had something like that, too, where it was like this weird uh, sort of footlocker type thing. It was like a giant chest that had some fun rewards. And then I feel like there have also been Call of Duty uh, collector sets, too, that didn't include the game. They were third party ones. They weren't necessarily ones that were sold by activision but i remember like the world war ii one where it came with like a canteen and maybe a parachute with a bunch of holes in it (laughs) i don't know it came with some weird shit though and so it's just fun little supplemental things to add to your gaming experience i suppose yeah it's i guess what we should say and just accept is you're buying that you're buying this for the goodies you're not buying it for the game you're just buying right. it for the extra stuff yes and yet, you are 100 correct the red dead redemption 2 collector's box came with a treasure map uh the wheeler rawson and company catalog pins playing cards a six shooter bandana collectible challenge coin 12 cigarette cards a double-sided puzzle all in a sweet looking metal box with lock and key uh and yes no game whatsoever yeah, and it was it was pricey too. I, I remember it being like a hundred over a hundred dollars. Who knows what it is now? But um, <laughs> on eBay, it's for three hundred thirty nine dollars in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I, I remember Assuming it being like a hundred dollars because, like, I I was tempted to get it, and I, I don't even know why I didn't get it. It wasn't exactly because of price. It was I just kind of forgot about it. But before the leading up to that game, we had talked a hundred times about what we wanted in a collector's edition for that game. And mm-hmm. I wanted like wanted posters and, and like rolling up my own tobacco and stuff like that. <laughs> I wanted really fun shit. And, um, and I just kind of forgot about it, but I, oh well. yeah, they had the, the one I got was like 60. No, I'm sorry. The one I got was like 75, 80 bucks, but with the best buy gamers plan, it, literally just dropped it down to a normal $60 price tag. It came with the game. It came with some extra in-game content. Um, and then it came with a map, which is like, sweet. The map looks pretty cool. Only to realize the game itself already comes with a map. So I have two maps for Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, nice. One of them is Come a little on. bit more detail, which is kind of neat. The other one's just more of like, here's the lay of the land and that's it. Nice. I don't have any because I got a digital copy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, eh, I'll just do digital. Well, that made me sad because the the first Red Dead uh, came with some really cool shit. I got it from GameStop and they had like this different cover and came with the soundtrack, which is an awesome soundtrack, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, Zach and I were just talking about the other day where 
the part when you cross the river and you get on your horse and you go over the mountains and it starts playing that so far away song and it's just like so cinematic and so gorgeous and just like Perfect. oh my god this is the greatest game ever I'm watching I'm the cowboy right cowboy. over <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like oh my god this is awesome it's so funny Ugh. that's that's probably one of my all-time favorite video game moments, which is so crazy because I'm not even really doing anything. I'm just riding on my little doggy, getting up over a hill, and it was just so cool and so perfect. And I, I have no other words for it other than it just being absolutely amazing. So now you bring up a very interesting point that I can see these collector's editions marketing more towards in the future. Um, as mentioned, this legendary cash for Mass Effect. By the way, if you want to get your own, go to the BioWare gear store at gear.bioware.com. This is not any paid advertisement whatsoever. Just let you <laughs> all know justification where it is. for sending one hundred and sixty-three dollars. <laughs> exactly. This is my justification of going into debt for this nonsense. <laughs> but it does come with a metal case, and again, I mentioned I love having steelbook cases just because I love displaying them on there. But you specifically mentioned how you didn't get any of this collector stuff because you bought it uh, virtually because you bought the digital version of Red Dead Redemption 2. I wonder if we're moving towards a trend where these collector's editions just by default will include no game whatsoever, no steelbook case. And it's geared towards, hey, even though you're buying the digital version, you can still get this sweet, awesome pack that doesn't really lose out on anything. Right. And that's because that's. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because that's a really good point of if I wanted to buy this game digitally, which you can on all the available platforms it's going to be on, you know, not including the game on here, it kind of makes sense because I want to keep everything on my hard drive. I don't like the physical copies. I just like the physical goodies that come with it. Right. And then you don't have to buy the game twice. Exactly. <laughs> that's the key part. Yeah. I um I'm a sucker for like video game items, like physical goodies, because there isn't really a whole lot. I mean, there's a handful of like action figures and then there's like junk items, you know, like little random like Funko loot box type things where you just get some rando figure and everything. But I've really started to make it a habit of just going on Etsy and seeing all this incredible artwork that people make and it's for some of my favorite games. Like I have, I have no problem going on Etsy and, and buying something that's really cool. That's from dark souls or from red dead or whatever, insert random franchise here where you're just, you're not going to get an action figure for it, but you know what? You could get a really cool print or you could get some awesome flag or a banner or a shirt, maybe who knows whatever you're into, but that stuff just isn't available. You can't just go to a target and buy you know, uh, a shirt that has them Shep on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, it gives you options and it's, yeah, it's unlicensed stuff, but some very creative people all over the world, you just open up your door to a worldwide shopping center. You're not just limited to what is in your little town because you might be getting this awesome 3d printed resin statue from Russia or something, which wouldn't have been available to you otherwise. So, Definitely check out Etsy and just type in your favorite game and you will be amazed at the cool <laughs> shit that exists. I got Felix a skull from Halo uh, for Christmas one year uh, because we always play with like the exploding heads where the fireworks mm -hmm. go off. So I got him like the birthday candle skull and it just looks like this real someone died and they got, they got their <laughs> skull and it, with a candle put on it and it's incredible. And so um, I don't know, just do yourself a favor and check it out. And you're also supporting, you know, independent artists and doing their craft and what they love to share and all that stuff. 
Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I am a huge sucker for video game maps and I'm actually going to redo my game room slash work from home office to incorporate all the different maps that I have from different games just because I love looking at them. Mm-hmm. And I've had my eye on a Breath of the Wilds uh, map poster that somebody created on Etsy, believe it or not. It's just so funny how you mentioned that because I'm in the same boat of there's just so many more creative things up on Etsy. People just have a lot more creativity. Um, you know, whether it's legal or not is a completely different story, but I will continue <laughs> right. to support them as long as they have some cool shit. Right. No, it's true. And the things that you didn't even know that you needed to survive in this world <laughs> are available on Etsy because you're just like, well, I gotta have that. <laughs> That's the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I will literally die unless I own this amazing, whatever. It's like a, like a 3D printed object or whatever. You're just like, oh my God. This is so cool. I was unaware this existed five seconds ago, (laughs) and now this is my life. Yeah. Now I have to have it. (laughs) I know. It's so crazy. And you know what? There's very... Another cool thing. Talk about like just collectibles in general is like someone that makes something by hand, no two are going to be alike. They're all going to be different. You're going to have like a one of a kind basically of this item. And then when you're going to walk to the store wearing, let's say this, this new shirt or maybe like a face mask or something, people are like, where you, where'd you get that? Like, dude, this was made by hand <laughs> by somebody in like Madagascar and you can't get your hands on it. So sorry. Yeah, made by Edgelord 696920XX on Etsy. <laughs> Tell them Jane sent you. <laughs> Get 5% off. Oh, no, it's just really cool. I dig that. So I'm done plugging Etsy, but if, if you haven't done it yet, just uh, give it a whirl. I, I think that you will be pleasantly surprised with what exists out there that you had no idea uh, was ever a thing. Boy, we are plugging all kinds of stuff on this show and we're not receiving a dime for any of it. So you know that this is real information. Sure. We're consumers, Stephen. That's Mm -hmm. what we do. Consume. And we spread the word. Yeah, we consume like idiots sometimes, but we do it. (laughs) It's all justified. We need it. (laughs) $150 that includes a case for a game that I have to buy separately. But hey, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Oh, man. You know what else is neither here is freaking Prince of Persia. How sad. I know. That's a shame. The official Prince of Persia account took to Twitter and said, hello, Prince of Persia fans. Since announcing Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake in September, we saw an outpouring of feedback from you on this beloved franchise. It is your passion that support. It is your passion and support that is driving our development teams to make the best game possible. With that said comma we have made the decision to shift the release for prince of persia the sands of time remake to a later date this extra development time will enable our teams to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original we understand the update might come as a surprise and we will continue to keep you posted on the progress of prince of persia the sands of time remake in the meantime we want to thank you for all your outgoing support What's interesting about that is that those of you keeping score will note that this is actually the second delay for the anticipated remake. The original release was January 21st, and that was revealed when the game was formally announced back in September. However, the game was pushed back to March 18th, citing the release was impacted due to COVID-19. So uh, one of the key takeaways from this lovely little delay is that they did not give a release date. So it is now up in the air. It'll be done when it's done in a non uh, cyberpunk 
way. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no more cyberpunks. And uh, I think while while it's unfortunate how cyberpunk uh, was launched in a uncompleted mess, it is a good thing for the industry in that it has now set a precedent that people, people are upset. And yeah, we learned we're not going to do this shit no more. So uh, I do think that that is a key takeaway from that horrible debacle. And maybe it'll go back to that time again someday, but hopefully not in the near future. But I, I, I can see that maybe three or four years from now, there's going to be another huge debacle release and everyone's going to be mad and up in arms and, and flailing about. But I think in the near future, uh, people have learned their lesson. Yeah, it's something you and I have talked about over and over again. Just release it when it's ready. Don't be too specific. Just it'll get out there when it gets out there. That's the end of story. So I'm glad that they're kind of learning from other companies' mistakes and just telling people, yeah, sorry, we still need to work on it a little bit more, but end of story. No, no, anything else beyond that. Sure. So that's good. Yeah. And this actually isn't the first real delay for Ubisoft lately. You know, they had that all basically, um, what was it? Legion got postponed a little bit the Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Far Cry 6 and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Quarantine. Uh, they were all delayed. So uh, COVID has definitely had an impact. I mean, Ubisoft's a pretty big studio that's making all kinds of different video games and no one is immune to this current pandemic. Release it when it's ready. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Release it when it's complete. And done and damn well ready for me to spend $60 plus $159.99 on a collector's <laughs> edition. In physical goodies that you absolutely have to have. Uh, no, I mean, I get it, dude. Like, I'm a sucker for the helmets, man. I don't even like Fallout 76, but I had to get the helmet. I just had to. I was, I was it's a pretty cool looking helmet. <laughs> like, I, I, I would, I would not be alive today if I did not buy that. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things like, I, God, I really need those things, but I don't have any place to put them. I'm going to look like a quack wearing it for five seconds and then taking it off and never touching it again. But you should stream wearing it. I almost started streaming Call of Duty wearing like an old like World War II army helmet. I thought that would have been kind of fun. That'd be fun. Um, should do the whole Mass Effect trilogy with that helmet on. You just can't hear anything. Yeah. just You sound like a Christopher Nolan film. You could be Tom Hardy. You have no <laughs> idea what the fuck you're saying for two hours. Right. Just to uh, have Twitch turn on the live captioning for me just to see what it comes up with. This is mumbled garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Easy peasy. My goodness. Do you still have your... Did you get one of those inflatable uh, sword dealios from Comic-Con for Mass Effect 3? Were you there with uh, that? No, I was... N- no, I did not get one of those. Oh. I gave mine away. I apologize. Otherwise, I would have given it to you. <laughs> Actually, I think the last thing I bought from Comic-Con when you and I were at the Capcom area, bought that inflatable Mega Man arm. Oh, yeah. Or is that a free giveaway? The Buster Cannon? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was a purchase. Because I have that, then I also bought the uh, exclusive helmets that they had from Mega Man 1, which I still haven't opened. That's the only thing that I have purchased that I still have in the box. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, because I feel like I could just open it and just display the helmets wherever I want to. But for whatever reason, just that's my only Comic-Con exclusive that I've ever purchased. And I want to keep it in the box for no reason other than to say, yeah, that's my exclusive. Not many people have it. It's a pretty big deal. 
Right. <laughs> so the the what's it called? The Omni Blade. It was this inflatable one. It was in uh it would have been in 2012. So maybe that was like the the last year before you came with us. I do remember one of the years we all went together as the Geek Legacy crew and everybody and their goddamn mother had the Dragon Ball Z scouter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were giving those things away for free, and then we were like, let's go get one. And then the line was literally around the entire convention floor. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, as someone that has handed out those scouters at New York Comic Con, I went through a pallet full of those scouters. And it is just a rabid frenzy. And I'm screaming. I'm getting everyone amped. The whole crowd's like jacked, and we're screaming, and it's all on video. It's kind of fun. And um, I had time in my life giving away those scouters. I went through a pallet, which is gosh, I feel like it was a thousand scouters in about 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. It was amazing. It was the coolest thing ever. We were right by an escalator and everyone just kept coming up and just throwing out scouters. It was, it was a blast. We couldn't go more than two feet without seeing somebody wearing one of those things. No. No, I was like, actually, my God. I might have one. If you want one, I can give you one. I have one in my office. Sweet. Put it on eBay for $55.99. So, <laughs> I don't think that'll work. <laughs> you just be paying for the listing and that's it. But uh, yeah, no, scouts are cool. Good stuff. Right. I mean, who anyway, doesn't want one so they can scream over 9,000? Right. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they they got the red, they got the green, and they got the blooch. Very little screen. Yeah. The you blooch. do like the blooch. Do. It's good. Anyway, that's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, hey, no, that's a show. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Pixelated Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pixelated Pod, at Stephen K. Janes, and at Edgy Armo, where we can talk to you about video games. And if you like cute animals, that's all I tend to tweet about these days. And random acts of kindness. So please just be kind to one another. Don't be a dick. It's easy peasy, especially in times like these. Wear your mask, cover your fucking nose and your mouth. It's not hard. Don't be one of those chin diaper dudes. It's just not cool. It's not pretty. And I don't like it. It offends me as a human being. And then also be sure to check out the other podcasts that we have. Of course, we have the Geek Legacy podcast talking about everything in the realm of entertainment news, mostly the Star Wars and a couple other things, (laughs) some (laughs) Disney Plus shows, I suppose. And then you also have Don't Be Crazy talking about movies and why they're amazing or just pure rubbish. Check it out. Hosted by Mr. Zachary Rancourt, Finding Man, Uptown All the Way. Remember to keep those controllers charged and treat all gamers with respect. Thank you so much.